Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Rushville. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Rush County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Good morning. It is Monday, May 15th. It is five minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Do you remember when the uh, the budget was signed off on by the Indiana legislators? And we said, hmm, they're giving themselves a big old raise. Yes. Yeah. Well, part of that will make the governor of Indiana, one of the highest paid in the nation. So this is the same budget, just to make sure we're all on the same page, that did absolutely nothing to help you with property taxes. Uh, It's the same budget that raised your gas taxes by another $90 million. It's the same budget in which the lawmakers uh, gave themselves $1.5 million in raises and then said, well, oh, we don't know for sure. We're just allocating the money. We haven't spent it yet, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. Um, And yes, as you're right, the state lawmakers also got, I mean, across the board, governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, uh, secretary of state, uh, state treasurer, auditor, all getting very, very big raises. You as a taxpayer are getting nothing, but you'll sleep well at night, Casey, knowing your state lawmakers are getting uh, a lot more coinage in their pocket. So the salary of the governor is going to increase by 48%. And okay, so in the Midwest, the average salary is about $139,000. And if you do all for of governors, it, for governors, not for regular people, right? <laughs> for governors in the Midwest, the average salary, hundred. Now, if you look at all of the states across the entire country, the average is $148,000. But how much will the governor of Indiana make? $198,513. This is so offensive on so many levels because, by the way, so according to WTHR, the median salary in the state of Indiana this was as of March, $55,500. So the governor of the state will basically make four times what the average person makes. And the idea, their excuse, this is always the excuse because it's the same excuse they gave in my little neck of the woods over there in Brownsburg. Remember when they gave themselves 40% raises? Well, we've got to get better people to run. So what you're doing is basically you're indicting yourself you're saying you're doing such a terrible job running the state that you got to bribe better people to better people to run. Mm-hmm. And like what person in the history of ever said, "Well, okay, maybe I'm interested in running the state. What's it pay?" Oh, 134,000. Well, that's not enough to live on. Make it 198,000 and we'll call it a deal. Right. Now, when the average salary is 55,000, 139 is quite an increase. Yeah, and and these people, these people being the lawmakers because they're the ones who do it, they're just gross people because this again is the same group of people who gave themselves 1.5 million are allocated 1.5 million in raises and then their excuses well we don't even know if it's all going to be spent yet because somebody else gets to make that choice so it could be all of it well yeah it could but but somebody else gets to decide that but you could have decided that you weren't going to take any money well yeah we could have but why would we do that right why would we do that okay so the biggest increase is going to go to the lieutenant governor <laughs> 
which is going to, it's a pay increase of 88%. It's pathetic. I mean, these people, so, and it would be one thing if they said, oh my God, it would still not be right. But it'd be one thing if, look at, we did a, you know, we froze everybody's property taxes to 2019 levels. We reverted the gas tax back to 2017 levels. These people have more money than they know what to do with, and they're deliberately going out of their way to make sure that you don't get any of it. I mean, the only thing they did, the only tax reform of any sort of air quote meaning that they did in this legislative session is they cut the income tax and they did that because that is going to disproportionately benefit their rich donor lobbyist buddies because those are the people who make the money. Who'd they help? The people who make the money who cut the checks to their campaign coffers. If they wanted to help you, they would have done something with property taxes, but they don't want to help you. The Indiana Republicans don't care about you at all, but yet they found, what was it, $65,000, $64,000 to give the governor a raise. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Secretary of State is also getting a raise. Is that correct? Yeah, they all are. Okay, Diego. So, oh yes, Diego. Yes, well, and I'm wondering, is his brother-in-law still working? Uh, last I heard, his brother-in-law making that six-figure salary had not uh, been dismissed from duties as mm-hmm. of yet. And he's getting a nice raise. Well, that's something, isn't it, folks? But this is why people go into politics, and we allow this to happen. We, as the collective, allow this to happen. And the reason the Republicans are doing this, and look, you can you can do whatever you want with the information we give you. I'm telling you what's happening. Been around this for. A long, long time, and I've been around these people for a long, long time, and I know how they operate. And so when we give you the information, you can either choose to ignore it or you can use it to motivate you to do something about it. They are doing this because they genuinely believe, and you have proven them correct by voting red no matter what, that no matter what they do, you will continue to vote for them. Line their own pockets, line the pockets of their buddies, stick it to you, hoard your money. It doesn't matter. And until you prove them wrong, they're going to keep doing this because you've got to be a pretty strong and very decent person to say, I'm not going to stick my hand in the till if I think I can get away with it. Mm -hmm. It is 11 minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So let's talk about this other governor, Chris Sununu, claiming that Trump quote, is a loser. Yeah, so he was on with Jen Psaki. Oh, her lifestyle show? <laughs> That's I, basically what it is, isn't it? I know. I know. It's supposed to be a political show. So he he went on with, uh, you know, Sununu, that family is a legendary family in New Hampshire politics, and um, he uh, has been asked numerous times to run for other offices. He's repeatedly turned it down. And she, he was asked about Trump and about Trump's campaign. And, well, he he didn't hold back. I see. A, a, I'm going to go back to 16. I saw a lot of candidates try to debate him on policy. Look, you don't debate Donald Trump on policy. The guy has massive insecurities. He's a loser and he lost many times. He lost races in New Hampshire, not just for himself, but for my fellow candidates. He really got behind really bad candidates that were extreme that obviously couldn't win in November. If you can't win in November, then you shouldn't even be we shouldn't even be in the discussion. So and he can't you win. think the best argument is he's a loser? Yes, because he can't he's- win. So she's the one who called him a loser. Well, he did it too. He just kind of agreed to it. <laughs> it's like saying, uh, that's the person who actually committed the crime. You were just driving the car and knew what they were about to do. Mm-hmm. You kind of just got roped into that. Yeah. Okay, so Trump saying that he's amazed that the CNN staffers were traumatized by the town hall appearance. And apparently, one of his advisors showed him a tweet from AOC 
during a commercial break to get him all fired up. Uh-huh. It worked because he got up on his feet. He was sitting down for the beginning of that town hall. And then at some point during the commercial break, they were on their feet. So the challenge to the Trump supporter, and look, I, I say this to someone is who, if Trump is the nominee, I will gladly vote for him. I uh, would vote for a uh, potato skin over Joe Biden, as every person apparently other than Todd Young uh, who loves this country should should would be should be is willing to do um, Todd Young however not committing to supporting Trump if he's he's the nominee and I'd like to thank everyone who voted for and put Todd Young back in office he's done a heck of a job in these first uh, five months since he got got reelected boy who 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 didn't see this one coming um, <laughs> I'm glad to, again, but again, it's another example of a guy who believes that no matter what he does, you will pull. He's not scared. He is not scared. He believes he can keep people off the ballot like they did this this past time. Uh, ironic, since he didn't get the signatures to get on the ballot the first time, and he believes once I'm once I'm the nominee, well, you guys will vote for me no matter what, and nobody can run against me. So screw you, people. It's a. I mean, the republic. This is the thing about the Republicans in Indiana. They stick it right in your face, and I they chuckle all the way to the bank. And how little you people care about yourselves and are willing to stand up for yourselves. But the point of this is, if Trump is the nominee, I will gladly support him. I don't think he's the best person to be the nominee for the Republican Party. I think from the standpoint of what Sununu said about he's had some seriously serious missed opportunities, Mm -hmm. he's absolutely right. But I think every decent person has a vested interest in Joe Biden not running this country for four more years. Okay, so you said if Trump is the nominee, you'll support him. Absolutely. But Trump's not saying that about other candidates with that loyalty pledge. Well, and that's very telling. Well, we'll wait and see who it is. And again, that's very telling because if you look at the people who are, this is not where he started in 2016 or 15 where, hey, Jeb Bush is the front runner. Trump knows, as well as we all know, it's going to be him or it's going to be uh, DeSantis, or if by some miracle the people down the the tube from him, it's you know, then it's a Nikki Haley, Tim Scott. There's no super liberal person running that has a shot at this presidency on the Republican side. So if Trump is refusing to to pledge to support whoever wins, that should also be a giant red flag mm-hmm. to every person who is supporting him. Because we all have a vested interest in doing everything we can. We're all going to run. Somebody's going to win. Somebody's going to lose. Maybe it's our favorite. Maybe it's not. But that is a very selfish act on his part to not agree to support whoever the Republican nominee for president is going to be. I haven't looked. Who is Ted Cruz supporting? Do we know? I don't think he's... Has he said? Because you've got some bigger names now coming out for or against Trump. I mean, Chris Christie is saying no to Trump and Sununu, no to Trump. And I'm just curious, like, you know, where does someone like Ted Cruz stand? And does not matter at this point? Well, it does, yeah, you're right. I mean, it, the it, the people that are endorsing right now are kind of like, gra- you know, gravy train people that are those people that are looking for jobs or whatever. And I'm sure Ted Cruz has absolutely no, nobody's going to pick Ted Cruz to be vice president. So I'm sure he has no, no interest in that. Ted Cruz seems like a DeSantis guy, doesn't he? He does. Uh, another a border state. He's dealing with, you know, the immigrants like DeSantis has been. It just seems to me that he would be on the side of Ron DeSantis. The challenge to the Trump supporter, and look, you, it's America. You're a free country. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. But I think if you are a person who's supporting Donald Trump, a fun little exercise for you to do is 
and work through it. Don't just say, well, the, the election was stolen and blah, blah, blah. How does Trump win the presidency? What is he doing differently this time that, that he wasn't doing last time? And how does he win the presidency? And if you can't answer that w- with a pretty clear, concise A, B, and C type of thing, mm-hmm. then that should be you know, a big old al- alarm bell should be going off because he didn't, he's not the president right now. So what's he doing differently? And this idea that if you're banking on, well, everybody's going to see how bad things are under Biden. Well, didn't everybody see how bad things were under Biden in the midterms? What happened there? Mm-hmm. Hi, good night. Everybody's a Senator. Yeah. And clearly that is not going to be enough. Yeah. Well, and that kind of goes back to our conversation earlier with the CNN town hall, the CNN viewer who hasn't seen Trump for years, and then he's on this town hall. It's the same dude. You're getting the same message. Yeah. And so, you know, again, free country, you don't have to do anything. But I think if you're a person who's genuinely interested in picking the best candidate, and the best candidate means the person who, one, will govern from a conservative, liberty-minded philosophy, and be able to get across the finish line, I think that would be a, a fun little exercise. And may, let's why don't we open that up on our voicemail? 317-684-8444. Leave us a message on how Trump gets the votes he didn't get last time. And you have to do it without saying, well, everybody's going to be aware of Joe Biden because everybody was aware of Joe Biden in the midterms right. and it didn't work out. Yeah. So you get, that'd be a fun, that'd be a fun exercise. 317-684-8444. It is 18 minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC and coming up chocolate milk is trending. Yeah. Chocolate milk. I'll tell you why on the way from 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Twenty-two minutes after eleven, it's Kendall and Casey on ninety-three WIBC taking a look at some trending stories this morning. So Roger Penske is trending. He's now invested nearly fifty million dollars into the Indiana Motor Speedway. His latest round of upgrades include metal detectors and also extra video boards. Video boards will be nice if you're far away. I was talking to to someone in law enforcement the other day, and he was telling me, because he is a part of this, the security apparatus that goes into, Mm -hmm. or the, the, the work that it takes to create a security apparatus capable of defending the Indy 500. And I forget, obviously, I'm not a law enforcement official, but he was telling me, you know, they have, they label these like a level one event, and the Indy 500 is right up there obviously with the super bowl Mm -hmm. it's almost i mean it's not quite like a presidential inauguration but in terms of the amount of work that goes into securing the indianapolis 500 and think about this it's an event unlike any other event you can bring your own cooler into the event yeah coolers and chairs and everything and more metal detectors will make the process quicker to gain entrance well then the the track deserves a lot of credit that in an ever evolving world where everybody is trying to suck every last dollar out of everyone they have still maintained that timeless tradition that part of the charm of coming to the indy 500 is you can bring your own stuff in and you don't have to spend a gajillion dollars at the concession stand Mm -hmm. and doug bowles and roger penske and those people all deserve a large amount of credit for maintaining that 
that tradition and probably costing themselves quite a bit of money, but it's a very special part of the track. And now in the modern era where it's you know so hard to secure everything they've continued to put the effort in to make it happen yeah and they also say that they like those law officers around and have an overwhelming presence right because they want people to feel safe they want them to be seen unlike some events where they try and do it all um a little under the cover we, we don't want that to be intrusive into your time at the indy 500 they're like no get out there have your uniform on we want people to know that they're safe and secure well, well this person was telling me like the amount of law enforcement that's actually involved in coordinating the Indy 500 and it sounds like a well duh thing when you think it through but then when you hear somebody tell you the the, kind of the intricate details of it I mean the Secret Service isn't even involved in securing the Indy 500 so look I I feel the same way of major sporting events that I I do about an airplane so I don't go to them but (laughs) look my goal is to get where I need to go if I am forced to get on an airplane And if I got to go through a bomb sniffing dog and some guy waving me with a wand and looking inside my bag, then okay. I feel the same way about the Indy 500. If I'm going to go to that event, uh, there is a reasonable expectation that you're going to be mildly inconvenienced Mm -hmm. by security. And I think they do a really good job of inconveniencing you to the lowest level possible. Also trending this morning. Bill Osterell. He's Osterly. Osterly. Okay. So he is the co-founder and former CEO of Angie's List. He passed away last week. Uh, influential political leader who helped with Mitch Daniels' campaign. Yes. Bill Osterly was the uh, kind of the architect of the original Mitch Daniels campaign. For those who are the longtime Indiana residents, you will. Uh, the Mitch Daniels campaign in 2004, the original one, was. Uh, something really unlike people had ever kind of seen in this state before. Of course, he had the big RV, the My Man Mitch. It was cool. You would go to a Mitch event. People would sign the RV. It's We're all in this together. And especially in 2004 and in Indiana, I say gimmicky, uh, and that's going to sound negative, but I don't, I'm not using it in a negative context. Gimmicky campaign ideas like that were not super prevalent and it really did kind of become the symbol of what would become mitch daniels time in office was that rv and the green and the my man mitch bill osterley also as you said uh, angie's list Mm -hmm. uh, co-founder and probably um most in the modern era most known for he spoke out he was one of the very vocal critics of of rifra um Mm -hmm. in 20 in 2015 i believe he i believe he had lou gehrig's disease he did he passed away last wednesday from complications of als he was 57 yeah so one of the bill osterley probably one of the the person that was not a politician if you take away the people who were in power the governors state senators whatever one of the most prominent non-politician political figures in Indiana history. Finally trending this morning, chocolate milk. USDA considering banning all flavored milk in school cafeterias. What? Yeah, this does include strawberry and other varieties as well. They said there's just too much sugar added to the milk with these flavors, with chocolate. But uh, critics are saying that that could lead younger children to drink less milk. Kev, you strike me as the sort of person who totally just gobbled chocolate milk by the gallon. <laughs> I was always grabbing the chocolate milk yeah, from then. I yeah. know you. Yeah, and absolutely. don't they have ice cream and all kinds of sweet treats at these right. schools? So let them have their chocolate milk. Yeah, I think it's fine. Yeah. Okay, we've got the news coming up next. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. 
Good morning. It is 11.32. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And coming up in just a bit, we're going to be joined by Kristen Furklick. And we're going to discuss what's going on in Brownsburg. She got some new details mm-hmm. on the uh, alleged uh, abuse case out there. Yeah, in regards to that special needs student who I, was allegedly made to eat his own vomit. Yeah, I, and I... and. I know we've said this before on the air, but we need more people like Kristen because she is a digger mm-hmm. and she's a doer and she's a getter. And every time she gets denied by some government entity, she makes find, her work harder. Yeah, she finds a new way and she's got got come up with uh, quite a bit of new information. So we'll get everybody up to date on that. Okay, so Brittany Griner, you remember her. Oh, yes. She returned and played in a game, finally. Seven-time WNBA All-Star player. She, uh, what, she played in a game on Friday? WNBA season. I can't believe you're not totally on top of this, yeah, Casey. Sorry, sorry WNBA, you're a woman. Yeah. You've got to step up and help your fellow women. Yes, yeah. they're... Uh, okay, well, let me just tell you one thing about Brittany Griner really quick. Yeah. She's, uh, she's pro-trans uh, and women's sports, yes. and I really wonder if she would have that same opinion if they wanted men, all men, in the WNBA. Well, so Brittany... She'd be out of a job. Brittany Griner, of course, a famous... uh, As famous as a woman's basketball player could be, I guess. She's one of the more prominent ones. Um, She, of course, was very uh, adamant about, you know, during the uh, people not standing for the anthem and, you know, America this, America that. And then, of Mm -hmm. course, she was uh, jailed in... Russia, yeah, ten months by Putin, largely in response. Now it was a totally trumped up thing that she brought up, like a what was it, a vape pen or something yeah. to the airport. I mean, it was some completely ridiculous. But thing. But you know what, though, I mean, okay, it was trumped up. It is ridiculous. Don't do that. You're not in America. Well, right, especially if you're you, going to a, an adversary, well, a different country. Right, and, and this is why I don't leave the country, and we've been through this many times, mm-hmm. that, because I must have a right to an attorney and freedom of speech mm-hmm. at all times. However, uh, and and look, if you're a person who says America sucks and America's this and that and blah, 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 well, I guess maybe it's not a this or a that now because she finally played in her first game. Now, you may remember they made the deal for her where they gave away Victor Booth, the merchant of death, mm-hmm. for Brittany Griner, and they told that poor Marine that's still over there to eat it, and he's yep. still in a Russian prison yep. and will probably never see the light of day. Yep. Uh, but they did get Brittany Griner back because politically to Biden's base, that was a, a good move, and screw it if we Well, get- and her wife is very loud. Yep, and so we gave them the merchant of death, who will get, inevitably get a whole bunch more people killed, probably Americans and American servicemen, if he stays at it long enough. But she had her first game since being returned to the United States, and boy, she was, wasn't quite as mouthy mm-hmm. uh, now, and I believe she did actually stand for the National Anthem. Yep. Okay, so she said hearing the National Anthem, it definitely hit different. No kidding. <laughs> like when you've been imprisoned in a Russian jail and your country saves you and breaks you free. Yes. And you're now in the homeland and able to walk around and and enjoy your liberty. Yeah, I would think that that national anthem would hit different. Well, you know, we say this quite a bit, that uh, America is the greatest idea ever conceived by man, only surpassed by the Bible, which is God, it's not of man. And the reality is that our founding fathers put in an incredible system, a system, and I think the most incredible part of the system was that it was one of the 
only at the time and and since government documents in the world in which the people were put in charge and the people had the ability to rectify what the founding fathers believed were glaring flaws with the inception of our country and as the founders believed would happen people have fought and died and sacrificed throughout the history of this nation for those flaws to be rectified and unfortunately we now live in a world in which because the public education system has a stranglehold on young people who are indoctrinated by far left oftentimes marxist individuals that america's an inherently evil and awful place and the original sin which is slavery was so great that America is unsalvageable when in the, the reality is America has created more wealth and freed more people in the 240 years of existence than in the history of the rest of the world combined. Mm-hmm. I mean, America is such an incredible place, but you have women like this who have a platform and spew garbage. And yet it is only because America is such a good and special place that she is now back here. And there's no other country that would have traded the merchant of death for a basketball for her. player. And you know what? At the time, we said the best thing that she can do to restore her Im- her image is to smile and go to a game and stand when they play the national anthem. And that's exactly what she did. Her coach said that uh, they locked eyes oh, during the national sure. anthem and they both got chills. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. Well. Uh, again, uh, Victor Boot for Brittany Griner, straight up. So mm-hmm. you decide if that was a good trade. Okay, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And let's talk about this uh, New York, what this hotel that <laughs> messed up this couple's wedding because they, they had to give their rooms away. <laughs> to immigrants <laughs> so this is, is that what's you 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 plan for a year your wedding you block off all the rooms for your guests and then oops sorry so they had re- they had reserved 30 hotel rooms which mm-hmm. that i don't know that seems a bit extravagant now again on my person i'm a person who got married in my back- a small wedding uh, in my backyard mm-hmm. uh, so i'm not definitely the i'm a minimalist as you know so i'm not the right person to ask about this but That seems like quite a bit, but regardless, it's a free country. You're free to engage in whatever legal commerce that you want. They chose to have 30 hotel rooms booked for their wedding. And now, right before the wedding, they've been told, uh, sorry, Mm -hmm. uh, you're out because we got to use these rooms to house illegal immigrants. Right. Yeah. How do, how do you like that? Okay, well, on Sunday, Mayorka said that the U.S. border authorities have experienced a 50% drop in the number of encounters, this since Title 42 expired. Uh, that's compared to earlier in the week. And they said along the southern border, we're still at about 10,000 migrants a day. Casey, I have a very important question, and I'm hoping maybe you can answer it for me. I'll do my best. So when we come home from church on Sundays mm-hmm. at Life Church, we go past... Uh, uh, a red roof in on 465 by Michigan Road. Okay. And one of our favorite games to play is to try to guess what the room rate is going to be <laughs> okay. for the red roof in. Sure. And it is a different rate every time we go past what, it. What did they put it on a billboard? Yeah, it's you know electronic red, red roof okay. in, and then it's got the the rate below it. Yeah. And sometimes it's you know it's yesterday it was seventy one ninety nine. Okay. However, I've seen it as cheap as like forty eight ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Isn't a hotel just 
a hotel. I mean, this is not downtown Indianapolis before the national championship game. Where the rate could change. Right, but what, is that a normal thing where rates on a hotel well, fluctuate? It's based on, yeah, because it's going to be based on occupancy. Once uh, Hotel rooms are very much like radio advertising. Oh, yeah. Once the day is over, it's gone. Yeah. It's unused inventory. So why wouldn't you try and lower the rate to entice people to get in before that day is over and that you never got, you got zero money. So I'm wondering what was going on was it the fact that there was that uh, race at the motor speedway or a reason oh, that there would right, have been a higher because again i've seen it as low as like 48.99 and yesterday it was 71.99 mm-hmm. they and, were packed and we were speculating what could have been going on that well would you have, have caused... meekum auction going on too That's which true. draws a lot of people from out of town yeah so just different events throughout indianapolis yeah you have to look and see what the rate is on race day oh yeah It'll be. Is there an app? Really, really they probably got an app for that or really something, expensive. right? Hotel app or something. They should. Uh, there should be a hotel app, not based on the room rate, but when it was last. Yeah. Remodeled. Interesting. All that right. Would entice people. When we come back, our buddy Kristen Ferklick, she's going to be with us. She's got a whole bunch of new info on that alleged abuse case out in Brownsburg School Corporation. It's Kendall and Casey on ninety-three WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Happened to that poor special needs student in Brownsburg who was allegedly forced to eat his own vomit. Yes, I've been reading up some more on it, and the family's claiming that he now shows signs of anxiety, depression, and regression of his skills because of that incident. Now, we had the, uh, the attorneys on last week for the family, and I'll tell you what, they seem, uh, you know, I know we talked about this afterwards, they seem super sharp. Mm-hmm. And they seemed like a group of people who, and I like this, they don't seem like they're in it for the money. They're in it for the truth, and they don't want this to happen to other kids. Yeah, and they've got experience in handling situations like this. And they told us during that interview that they were lucky to have the video. Yeah. so A lot of times they'll go to trial in cases like this and they don't have the documentation like we have for what happened at Brown Elementary. Yeah, and one of the things, though, that remains disturbing is the public's inability. And look, the attorneys will get a lot of this stuff, their discovery, etc., about what actually took place, who knew what when. But I think it's disturbing that you've got a school of public a government entity a public education facility and you've got the police department in brownsburg and the school corporation basically working in cahoots to deny as much information as you can but one lady Mm -hmm. remains very dedicated to getting all the information she's been denied 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 but she is 
Try and try and try. And now she has some information for us. Our good friend Kristen Ferklick, who has been all over this, Brownsburg resident. And Kristen, you said, all right, I'm going to bypass the police department. I'm going to the county government. And you found some stuff. What'd you find? Um, I was able to access uh, the probable cause affidavit. I pulled the one. Um, I believe they're probably all about the same. I pulled the probable cause for Deborah Knipe. She's one of the individuals who was um, cited with a felony in this case. And, and what you, what'd you learn? Well, some interesting reading. Um, it goes through the um, essentially the entire scenario from when the time the Brownsburg Police Department was con- contacted by the school police um, on April 12th um, through the whole scenario. You know, that's what's interesting to me remains. OK, so April 12th is the day, according to the report that you're talking about, that the yeah. Brownsburg school police contact the actual police department. So that does mean then that I guess the 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 excuse from the school corporation is, well, hey, two months went by and nobody knew anything. That is what they're saying. That's yeah. a, that's unbelievable, Casey. I know that seems like uh, an excessively long time. How do they defend? I mean, obviously, it doesn't say in the, or maybe it does say in the probable cause affidavit. Do they? They probably don't go into, into any detail, Chris, about how that's even possible. Well, there are some interesting quotes in here um, from the, because they, you of course, interviewed all of the people that were involved. Um, there were two teachers involved. That was the teacher that was directly involved, Sarah Seymour, and then another one that um, was a, a witness to you know varying degrees depending on which person was in, um, you know interviewed. Julie Taylor. Um, that was one of the more interesting quotes, I think. Um, Taylor was asked um, by the detectives if she ever thought about reporting what happened. Um, she um, explained that she just thought it was a bad teaching moment. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Say excessively that. Say, bad. Kristen Ferklick is our guest. She's done a lot of legwork on trying to get information about this alleged abuse that took place in Brownsburg. Can you say that again? Uh, yes, Taylor, Julie Taylor, the other teacher that was a, a present um, at this incident, stated that she thought it was a bad teaching moment, no. and told she told Sarah T- Seymour, the, the the teacher that apparently instructed this child to eat his own vomit. Um, that she believed it was extreme, mm-hmm. but again, that it was just a bad teaching moment. Uh, isn't this wild, Kristen, because you've been dealing with the Brownsburg School Corporation for years, that they profess, oh, diversity, equity, inclusion, we've got a DEI officer, oh, that didn't work out, now we're bringing the DEI officer back, but we're not going to call it DEI, and then when you call us out for bringing the DEI officer back and hiding the DEI uh, uh, job description, uh, the superintendent goes, well, everybody's DEI. Well, it sure doesn't seem like they cared much about the equity and inclusion of this kid. Uh <laughs> Uh, no, not at all. Um, yeah, it, it gets even more interesting when you t- take a look at the fact that um, Eric Hilton, who's on the board and also the teachers union attorney, um, at one time instructed the uh, whole teachers union on the updates in child abuse laws and reporting. <laughs> now, you went, there was a school board meeting, well, I guess it was a week ago today, right? Yeah, was it, yeah. a week did, ago today. Did, were you able to go to that? 
I, I, yep, I was there. Okay, so what was it like? Because I heard from from multiple people who were there that the school corporation, SNAP, et cetera, uh, school board, the Jim SNAP superintendent, they basically took no ownership in this. It was, it wasn't their fault, and no responsibility essentially from the school corporation. The thing that, that of course, SNAP made a statement prior to uh, public comment. Um, of course. Um, The thing that struck most people, I think, was that there were no action verbs in his or any of the school board members' sentence on what was going to happen going forward. Mm. Um, And no, there was no responsibility on um, their part. Um, They did not meet the moment, you could say. What was was the theme of the statement? What was the vibe? What What did he say? What did it feel like? Uh, um, well, <laughs> uh. put it this way. Um, SNAP has um, lost a lot of respect from a lot of community members. So um, going into this, he probably um, was at a at a deficit, you could say, um, with a lot of people in the room. Um, the, re- the room is very divided. He has the, um, what I would say, sycophants and the people that are absolutely exasperated. So there's, it, is, it is quite divided. Um, but... At this point on this issue, obviously parents are very angry. Mm-hmm. There were many of the special needs parents present mm-hmm. at that meeting. They're obviously very angry, very upset, very they're afraid. Yeah. They are they are afraid. They were tearful in giving their statements. Um, so when Snap made his statement at the front end it's it rings hollow yeah well, and you know this as well as anybody. Uh, again, Kristen Furklick is our guest. Uh, she's been doing a lot of the legwork trying to get information on what happened in this alleged abuse in Brownsburg. SNAP, like many of these superintendents across central Indiana, because they can use kids as human shields, he's been a bully uh, for years. And he's been able to strong yeah. arm and intimidate people. And, you know, he's a he's a big tough guy. And now he's super vulnerable because uh, he's he failed miserably. And so he's, prob- 100%. Yeah, and he's probably got it's probably tough for him right now because people are seeing what people like us have been saying for years that this guy is a fraud and a failure 100 percent, and he is is a he is a well-known bully um across this district many parents have dealt with him in many different capacities um and i i i hope and pray that these parents do not take him up on his offer to do one-on-one um, consultations with him and his offer in his office um, because that never goes well. Um, I, I I just hope it doesn't go down that way. Um, he's he, like I said, he he has a, a, a very poor reputation amongst many people. Did anybody uh, at that school board meeting call for his resignation? Yes, yes, yes. The the speaker, um, the speakers, or members of the school board. Speakers. Okay. Speakers. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And how was that received from the school board? 
Well, like most things, it's ignored. <laughs> ignored in the order it was received. Well, well sure. Well, yeah. well, Kristen, I mean, again, I know you've been doing a lot of uh, work on this, and we really appreciate it, and it just stinks that it's so hard to get transparency on this, both from the school um, and, and, in many ways, the Brownsburg Police Department, at least their attorney. But we really appreciate you continuing to do the digging. I know they keep denying your various requests, but uh, good on you for finding out what you could find from the county, and we really appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm happy to do it. Okay. Rob, I wanted to let everybody know as well with this story that the attorneys on behalf of the family are seeking damages for gross negligence and willful misconduct, personal injury, physical distress, financial injury, and negligent inflection on behalf of the student and the parent. And the claim also says that the child is going to need extensive therapy and education at a private school and medical and psychological care for an extended period. And I think it's the no responsibility stuff, no accountability stuff that bothers me the most. I mean, I'm not totally not surprised. I've been dealing with these people for over a decade. Jim Mm -hmm. Snap and the school board and that administration. It doesn't surprise me, but even when there, I mean, it's a colossal failure. One that it's allowed to happen, but two. There's two months mm-hmm. where there's just nothing right. that takes place, and they're they're pleading ignorance. Oh, I didn't know. What a colossal failure especially on behalf of that superintendent mm-hmm. who's making six figures. His salary starts with the two. He's got all sorts of sweet bennies. He rules that place with an iron fist. And then when it comes time to actually do his job, oh, how could I have known? Yeah, and the parents said that the child started showing signs after the incident between February and April. So they were starting to get an inkling that something was off. Well, good on those attorneys. Uh, Hopefully they will shine a giant light. They will see this thing through. It'll go through discovery. And other people will begin to speak out who have have had these concerns. People are speaking out at the school board meetings Mm -hmm. because uh, you got to shine the light on this stuff. You got to show what's going on. And like I said, that guy, Jim Snap, has been a total bully for years and years and years. They're able to use kids as human shields, and that's how he gets away with it. And hopefully these attorneys and this family will see this thing through so everybody will find out exactly what's been going on at the Brownsburg Community School Corporation. All right, well, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. Good job. And thank you for listening today. We're going to count on you to be back here tomorrow. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.